God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. And welcome to By Design, one of our AFR programs for the weekend, uh, where we take a step back from all the other issues going on around us, and we focus on the first institution that God created, and that is the family. And um, obviously, too, just to remind everybody, the way God designed marriage is one man, one woman for life, and we want to uh, and embrace that, um, promote that, encourage that, and just inspire people to live out the way God designed marriage to be. Now, we also know that there are blended families. There's families that are going through difficult times and challenges, and so we also want to help walk through some of those difficulties as well. You can go to afa.net slash by design. That's afa.net slash by design where you can find more articles. You can find more podcasts and videos. Uh, and I'm really excited about the video segment of by design. We have several, several short two, three, sometimes four minute videos with our staff members here on site and some that are off site that aren't necessarily staff, staff members, but who are friends of ours where we come together and we've provided 20, 30, 40 short videos talking about marriage from different angles. We have some that have gone through infertility. We have some that are, as I mentioned earlier, blended families. We have those like uh, my wife and I who have a pretty busy schedule. So we talk about going through marriage with a, um, with a, with making sure that we prioritize the things that should be prioritized in our family while we have a lot going on with three young children and activities and entertainment. So um, I'm really excited about the video section, and we drop out a couple new videos uh, throughout the week and then uh, throughout the year, but um, go check out afa.net slash by design. There's also one last thing I'll mention about the website before we get to our guest today, and that's that we have challenges. We we don't want to just talk about marriage and family, but we want to provide some type of um, challenge for you to make sure that you're living out the things that we talk about. So we don't just talk about things. We're going to give you an opportunity, for example, to take your daughter on a date night for the husbands and the and the fathers. Take your daughter on a date. That's a challenge, and there's a couple others. So you can find those there, and it's a great resource for the family. So we are so excited that we have this uh, opportunity to share this with you. And with that said, um, the last couple times I've done my part with By Design radio program, because as y'all that have listened before, we have different radio host for By Design each week, and it varies and uh, from the staff here at AFR. However, this will probably be my last episode solo because my wife, who's on maternity leave, will be back with me on the next time we have I'm on for the radio. So I'm looking forward to that. Until then, I have a guest, and his, the guest for today is Phil Bell. Phil Bell, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here, and, and so uh, wonderful just to hear uh, all the exciting things that you've got going on sounds super exciting to me. Hey, well, I'm so glad. Yes, and when I got your book and began to read over your bio and um, just flipping through the book that you have, the most recent book that you've written, I was encouraged to see that there was so much overlap in what you're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to accomplish. So I thought it'd be a good idea. And my, of course, my producer is the one that, Jade, who's the one that uh, mentioned it. We both thought it'd be a good idea to have you on the program. So tell us a little bit before we get into your book. 
um, obviously, the accent's a little different. So tell us where you're from <laughs> and where you, a little bit about your family and how you, be, and then how you began to get in ministry. That's great. Uh, great question. So originally, I'm from the London area, uh, just outside of London in England. And uh, back in 2000, I came over to work and study in ministry. And my plan was to work and study and then come back to the UK with everything I gleaned and learned. But um, about six months into my journey, um, I met the wonderful Lisa, who is now my wife, and the rest they say is history. And so uh, back in 2000 when, was when I started off on my journey into full-time ministry, and it's also when I met my wife. Uh, next June, we will be married 20 years. Uh, we've got three wonderful kids. I've uh, got a teenager, a preteen, and an elementary age kid. So you talk about busyness. Uh, we're in the thick of it ourselves right now. And... Uh, <laughs> We're, we're based in North Carolina, and uh, currently uh, we are actually on what we are calling a family sabbatical. And actually, I'm uh, calling today in from Prague, uh, Czech Republic. So uh, we're, we're currently there at the moment and uh, taking time to reset, slow down, and, and to uh, spend some good time together as a family. Hey, just while I'm thinking about it, this is not on the script here, something I was going to talk about when I noticed Raleigh, North Carolina. Are you familiar with Rockfish Church there in Raleigh, North Carolina? I believe that's the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I think I've heard about it. There are so many good churches in in yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, it really is. Exploding place and so yeah I've, I've heard of it but sure. i can't say i've ever been there so. okay well we've been there afr has or afa has been there with an event that we hosted there it was an evangelical event and we had a lot of people there and it was a great event and alex mcfarland's from the area or from north carolina and he helped I was able to connect us there and um so anyways yeah so we got some connections there and I, it's a beautiful area like you said when i was there talking with the pastor who hosted us he told us the same thing, that there's just been a real explosion in the last five years of people interested in, 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 in being, coming to church, and churches are exploding left mm. and right just in that area alone. So that's a good that's a good, good to hear. Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, it's a real growing area. They can't build houses fast enough in the area right now. Wonderful. So wonderful. families to reach. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad your ministry's based there. And let's get into the book, okay? So you've written a book. It's a beautiful cover, and it's called The Family Ministry Playbook, The Family Ministry Playbook for Partnering with Parents. What I, The first question I wanted to ask you as we got into this, and that's that there are uh, obviously a lot of problems and issues going on around the family, and, uh, and especially the youth. There's a lot of trouble um, with suffering and depression and suicidal thoughts and broken families. And we'll talk a little bit more about the broken side of the family here in a little bit. But why is this generation struggling to cope with the hard realities that come with contending in a fallen world? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it's a question we'll, we'll keep on diving into because the world is changing at a fast pace. And the issues of today um, are going to be issues to different issues tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. I, I would say there's a few things that come into play. Um, there, there's three things uh, I've seen front and center in the last uh, 10 to 15 years. First of all, I think the family you, you talked about at the beginning of your show is, is changed and transformed uh, drastically. I think we are busier than ever. Uh, we've got so many things going on in our lives. It, it's hard to slow down and do a lot of the intentional things with and for our kids. And, and we're one of those families that figuring out that struggle too. So I think families are busier than ever. I think second of all, the issues in our culture 
Um, uh, never before have we seen such a, a challenge on on foundational things that we believe and we follow. And God's word is is challenged more and more every day in our culture with with some of the issues that our kids are facing. And the challenge in our world today is it's it's such a grey world and such a grey culture in terms of the issues. There's no there's no truth that people seem to be able to stand on, even though we know that God's word is truth. And I think the the third thing is 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 kids in our generation today have so much access to things instantly um, at their fingertips and are consuming so much information. But I think more than that is they're actually drowning in the technology of today and their brains don't have a second really to just escape or to even rest in the world that they live in. And so a lot of our teenagers, I believe, are facing a lot of difficult issues. One, because of the culture issues. One, because their family unit is moving too fast. But third of all, is is their brains don't get a second to rest. And I think when you don't allow your brain to rest, you can't deal with the challenges and the issues of the day. And I think that is why, uh, one of the big reasons why I'm seeing that kids and students are facing so many challenges in their lives. So then you would support a nature walk. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the best things sometimes, I say, you know, parents say, "What should I do with my kids?" I'm like, "Just get them out and and go go out and be in nature and sure. and try to try to disengage from everything." And there's a lot of things that we as a family do a lot, which yes. is like pulling teeth sometimes. But yeah, sometimes the best thing you can do is to get out of the environment, of the home, get away from technology, <laughs> get mm. out and be in God's creation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. I haven't mentioned this a lot publicly because I don't want to um, give the impression that there's any evil in and of, you know, evil by itself to social media. Because I let me just say that. Let me say it this way first. Obviously, social media is amoral. By and large, is an amoral object. It can be used for good or evil. However, personally speaking, Mm -hmm. within my lane, it became more problematic for me. I'm speaking for me became more more problematic than it was worth to the point where seven years ago, six years, six or seven years ago, I re, I deleted and removed any type of social media accounts that I had. Mm. So I don't have social media. Now, my wife still has it, mm. and she d- uses it occasionally to keep up with some friends and things like that and uh, family, of course, um, but I don't. And for me personally, it has made a world of difference. I tell people when I have the opportunity to speak, when this comes up, uh, just telling, just giving people my testimony about my life, I tell them the three most important things that happened to me was I got saved, I married my wife Chelsea, and I got off social media. And <laughs> that order, those are the three best things that happened to me. Now that that's not for everybody, yeah. and I'm not I'm not advocating that if you're on it, you're it's a problem. But it is something. I will say this though. Let me say, let me, let me say it this strongly. It is something that you do need to consider. As it may be uh, a, a a an issue or a a, a topic or a, um, an object. That's the word I'm looking for. An object that is something you may need to either remove permanently or um, for a season, whatever that is. Because I do agree with you 100% that screen time and um, other types of uh, commercials and entertainment can could will if if you don't if you're not careful will drown out. The things of God that are prioritizing your life and uh, will definitely hurt you in the long run. So that's something for youth. And if you're a parent listening, that's something that you need to be mindful of: is how much are your kids 
having screen time and how much of um, is it actually around the table or in discussion about prioritizing your life. Um, and we're also seeing, as a result of some of the things that you talked about, we're seeing a lot of kids or a lot of youth uh, walk away from the faith. What can we do as you've served the ministry for over 20 years? Mm. I've served the ministry for the last 12 or 15 what, what is it that we can do individually and as a church to help bring the youth back or to solidify? I have one answer, but I wanted to hear yours. Yeah, and uh, you know, I would say, again, it's not a simple answer that we can give. But sure. I think there are multiple answers. But, but the, the reason why I wrote this book, quite honestly, is because I'd spent a number of years in the trenches of youth ministry, um, run some great programs, you know, saw incredible things happen in the lives of kids. But, you know, I, like many youth pastors, are seeing a pattern of kids walking away from the church. Now, I would say if you're a parent listening today and if your kid has seemed to wander, I've also seen a lot of kids actually come back to faith. They get into their 20s. Uh, That's they have a good kids, point. They, yeah. You know, they, they have all these new priorities in life. And suddenly <laughs> they realize, you know what, I do need my faith. I do need God to help yes. me. I can't do this on my own. So I'll say that first of all. But the second thing point. is... is what I was seeing in, in my ministry is 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 a disconnect between um, the, the church and family in terms of partnership. Um, I was very, very blessed that when I first come here, I got to meet a couple of incredible people. Uh, one guy was a guy by the name of Ben Freudenberg. And decades ago, he wrote this book called The Family Friendly Church. Uh, it was transformative at the time. And what people don't realize, it was the beginning of this movement to really, truly partner with the family. And the premise is, is this, and it really comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Right at the beginning there, the great Moses, he's addressing uh, the people of Israel who have gone wayward, they've been off track, and he's trying to get them back off track. And he says, hear, O Israel. Now, he doesn't say, uh, he doesn't address the church leaders. He doesn't just address the parents. He doesn't address certain individuals in the church. He addresses the whole faith community at the time. And I really believe if you if you read through Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, it's a message for the whole faith community. And when I look at reaching the next generation for Christ, when I talk about healthy youth and children's ministry, it's a hear, O Israel message. And what I mean by that is it's not just for the youth pastors. It's not just for the kids ministry directors. It's not just for the parents. It's a whole faith community that see it to be their role, to reach the next generation for Christ. So whether you're an empty nester, whether you're single before you get married, whether you've got kids of your own, whether you're a youth pastor, we're all in it together. Mm. And when we can have that team approach and we can team up together as the church, that in and of itself is so much more powerful. And the big message behind this book is two parts. Is one is is to build that unified team and identify who that team is and build that team together. But then the second thing is 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 to help parents themselves come up with a strategy to support their kid when their kid is going through so much junky stuff in our world today. So I, I would say that it's a team approach that we've got to have. It can't just be the youth pastor running programs off in the wild by himself or herself. It's got to be a team approach, parents and the church coming together to reach the next generation for Christ. A long hey. answer, but that's that's my answer. <laughs> hey, no, that's a great answer. You're listening to AFA. Are you? Yes, you're listening to AFR um, by design. I was going to give you that. I was going to give our audience a website. Let me give them the website first. You're listening. You're, you can go to afa.net slash by design, afa.net slash by design to find out more. 
about the radio program here by design. And um, we have our guest here on the radio with us, Phil Bell. Phil Bell has written a book called The Family Ministry Playbook for Partnering with Parents. The reason that title is so important and what you just said, is that, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, but I have found so many times that the on the other end of that, that the parents so many times count on the church to do a lot of the parenting and a lot, well, and a lot of the discipleship and a lot of the, um, the steering in the right direction. And so, so many times they find youth groups and uh, youth events and church events as a way to find time to themselves. But in reality, you know, I, I believe that the, and I, I don't believe this, I know this to be true, the Bible teaches that the primary responsibility for the children is the parents. And so what can we do as parents to make sure that we have the right understanding of what God's intent was for the parents to be the primary uh, disciple or for the children? Yeah, look, you know, you make a great point there, Wesley. I think, you know, it's really important, first of all, just to say, you know, if you're a parent listening to this today, uh, you know, you need to know that Phil Bell, as as he stands here today, is, is not the perfect parent. I haven't got this all figured out. In fact, both my wife and myself, she comes from a, a Catholic background. I grew up in a non-Christian family. No one ever really sat down with me and said, this is how you raise your kids. Mm. And here's what happens is every season of, of raising kids um, has something new to learn. Uh, your kids change, and there's always challenges that come up. And what I see a lot of the time is kids get to about 11 or 12 now, or they get to that pre-teenage, and they start to think autonomously and independently. Mm. And a lot of these big issues, these scary issues suddenly come along. And what tends to happen is, and, and I felt this too, and I'm sure, sure you know you, you've felt this in different seasons of parenting, is when you feel ill-equipped as a parent or mm-hmm. you feel nervous or you are scared as a parent, what do you do? We do what we always do in life, which is to go to the expert. You know, we go to yeah. our soccer coach to teach our kids soccer. We go to the dance instructor to teach our kids dance. We go to the math teacher or tutor to teach our kids math. And so when we're facing these scary, big issues, what do we do? We go to the youth pastor or the kids director. Yeah. But, but parents, here's what I want parents to hear today is, is, is that even though you might feel like you don't have what it takes, even if you don't feel like you've ever been instructed about how to raise your kids, like my wife and I did not feel like we had what it took to raise kids, God can do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine, and it's according to His power that can mm-hmm. work in and through Amen. you. And it doesn't matter what mistakes you've made with your kids. It doesn't matter what yeah. things you've done that you think haven't been bearing fruit. God can start with you today, and He wants you to make a new start today. And you are the primary influence, and you can have the greatest influence, and you can be that integral part of your faith, uh, your kids' faith development, and you can do it. So you do have what it takes. So parents, number one is it starts with you. The best thing you can do, again, it's from Deuteronomy 6, when it it talks about these commandments I give you today are to be on your heart. Parents, if you want to help your kids, get on your knees. Confess to God, you know, whatever it needs to be confessed. Start fresh today and start allowing him to transform you by his word and by his Holy Spirit and get yourself involved in a small group of people, get growing in your faith. And your kids will see that transformation in front of their eyes. And that will be the biggest thing you can do for your kids. It starts with you. Get on your knees and start praying and allow God to start using you today. Wow. Amen. Phil, I couldn't have said that any better. I'm so grateful that we've had you on 
this uh, segment here on By Design on American Family Radio. That is so powerful and couldn't have been said any better, so much so that when we get through here in a couple of days when this uh, uh, radio program is podcast and archived, we'll make sure that we share this on our different platforms because that's something that all parents need to hear, and I appreciate you sharing that. Where can they... Uh, we've got a couple more questions with a few minutes left, but where can the listening audience go to find this book that we're discussing? Yeah, so um, it's it's on all big you know big channels like Amazon.com, of course. Um, the publisher, a great publisher, is Randall House Publishing. So if you just Google Randall House Publishing, um, you, you'll find their website, and they've got all their different uh, books that they provide, and they've, they've provided some great authors and some great books on their website there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Phil. This is Phil Bell, who has written the book called The Family Ministry Playbook for Partnering with Parents. Phil, the next question I want to go to with the time that we have left, and that's what are some lessons that you've learned in your time with helping parents that are hurting, that are going through um, a difficult time? Now, I know you spoke to that um, just recently a little bit, but can you elaborate a little bit more about what you've learned personally? Yeah, you know, um, and learn personally, absolutely. Um, I think that the number one thing is is parents realize that you're not alone. First of all, there are people just like you who are going through very similar things. The problem is, is we live in this Facebook, Instagram world where we post all the best parts of our lives. And the problem is it, it causes us to think that everybody else has got it figured out um, and we don't. The problem is, is None of us really, truly have it figured out. So number one, parents, realize you're not alone. And then number two, and this is hard to do this, and personally speaking, I know it's hard to do this, but, but reach out to some other parents who are in a similar stage to you. Um, build a team of people around you. Find some experts in your community, whether it be pastors, whether it be counselors, and reach out to them to get the help and support that you need. And, and, and that will help you as you raise your kids. And, and, and then the third thing I would say is, is don't do the parenting thing alone. And simply speaking, try to identify like five people that are in your kids' lives who you know to be strong, growing Christians, maybe not perfect Christians, but people that are growing in their faith that have influence already in your kids' life that your kids know. And reach out to them and say, I, I see that you, you already have an influence in my kids' life. I, I, I really would love to partner more with you. I'd like to get you involved and let you know what's going on. I'd like to share, you know, an email once a week or every once a month to share what's going on in my kid's life. I want to let you know about stuff they're doing just so you can be a little bit more involved. And when they get baptized, you can show up to that. When when there's something happening at school or something, if you've got the time, please show up to that. But build a team of support around you as a parent and build a team of support around your kids. Don't do the parenting journey alone. That's my big takeaway. Personally speaking, um, I, I can't do without those people in my life and in my kids' life. Hey, for me, I've had eight years, uh, eight or eight or nine years now serving uh, young men without dads during the summer. And so mm-hmm. um, I've had a ministry, and I've always had a heart for many, many years for the young men who have been abandoned uh, for different reasons, mostly from selfishness. Occasionally you have a, a dad that passes away or an unfortunate situation, but most of the time the dad nowadays, uh, you know, 70% or more in the African-American community uh, are born without their dad. And, of course, it's mm. uh, pretty high um, in the Caucasian community and really just across the the, the America, there's 35% or, or more somewhere in that area of of kids without dads 
Um, so mm-hmm. here's the situation. Here, so what I've learned in that situation is that kids do. We often think that we we look at them and they're sure. I feel sorry for them, but we think that they don't need or or will or will respond negatively to consequences or disciplinary or anything like that. But what I have found is that young men in my eight or nine years of serving them without dads, they actually do desire and have a yearn to be corrected or helped or be disciplined or, mm-hmm. or, or cause it shows what I have found. It shows that they, that it shows to them that you care about them. And so oh yeah, uh, when your experience, that's what I have found. That's just one thing that I've learned in your experience. What do you think kids want from their parents and why do you think that? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, I'm living this in real time. And, and uh, actually, one of my daughters actually listened to a radio interview <laughs> uh, just last week that I gave. And uh, she, she affirmed that I was spot on with this. And uh, we're going to continue to work on this together as a family. But uh, the thing that our kids need the most is they need us as parents to slow down our lives because we're way too busy. Uh, whether that means giving up some commitments uh, somewhere and making more time for margin in our lives. But they need us to slow down. And then they need us to listen to them. They need us to listen to them and more intently listen to their hearts. Not not what is the behavior, not what is going on in the moment, but what's going on in their heart that is leading to the behavior. And then they need us to listen to those things. And then out of that, meet them right there with, with no judgment, um, with no... Um, you know, quick fixes, but just sure. to simply listen to them. And I think it's once they know that they're in a safe place and they can be listened to and mum and dad or whoever's at home is taking time, that's when they will actually start to share more with us. I find with my kids, I've got two daughters and one son. When I go outside and we get out and we get out to the open, we start walking and we start talking. I just listen and I learn so much about my kids and they will share a lot more with me when I just slow my life down and take time to listen. So that's my biggest thing for parents. And it's not rocket science, but if it was if it was something that, um, you know, was easy, we'd all be doing it. The problem mm. is we're so, so busy. You know, for, so that is probably a big key. Yeah, Phil, you know, for me, I, on my, my family, we have multiple generations going back of doing it the right way, God's way. Now, not perfectly. Uh, there, You know, we're sinners, and obviously there was uh, – Minor mistakes along the way, I'm sure of, but uh, they both, as far back as I can go on my, on my side, everybody was married. They stayed married. They were committed. They were faithful. They went to church. They taught their kids their faith, and they passed it along. And one of the things that they did so well was exactly what you just described. And so I'm, I'm a benefit of my parents, even in the worst case and even in the worst situations, of being willing to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become anger. They practiced that, and they listened to me. Uh, that didn't mean inside they didn't want to, you know, thump me or <laughs> or have some kind of what the heck moment. Yeah, yeah. But, but but they listened to me, and they and even in the lowest moments in my youth, in my um, uh, teenage years, uh, my my young twenties, some of my lowest moments, they loved me through it. And they didn't. Now they never condoned my sin or my mistakes, but they did love me through it, and they helped me. And so. I can attest to that yeah. as being a testament of that. Now we've got about forty seconds left. You got a final mm-hmm. final word to our audience? Yeah, I just say to you, you know, if, you, if you're a parent um, or a pastor listening to this today, God's design for our, uh, for our kids and reaching the next generation is to come together as a church, church and the family, and those parents coming together. Um, whether you're an empty nester, whether you're single, whether you've got kids of your own. 
We're all in it together. Amen. And remember, parents, you're not alone. Reach out to people. Build a team of support around you and your kids. Amen. You've got this. That is Phil Bell. Phil Bell, you can find his book, The Family Ministry Playbook for Parenting with for partnering with parents at Amazon and other places we'll link below. Thank you so much for listening to By Design. Thank you, Phil. Thank you so much. Great to be here. We will see you next weekend.